Hi, this is Jeff Goins, and you're listening to The 360 Entrepreneur with Jan Ilunga. This is episode 31, and today we talk about find your calling, live an extraordinary life. Here we go. Welcome to The 360 Entrepreneur Podcast, the show for entrepreneurs and small business owners who dream big and want to do bigger. Join some of the world's top entrepreneurs, internet marketers, and best-selling authors as they share their inspiring stories, their struggles, and give actionable tips that will help you build, grow, and promote your online business. Here's your host, Yanni Lunga. Hey everybody, what's up? Yanni Lunga here with the 31st episode of The 360 Entrepreneur. Happy June! I hope your June has started off in the best way possible. Thank you for taking time off your day for being here with me today. You're gonna love this episode. I don't know how else to put it. You're simply gonna love it. Today we talk about how to find your calling and live an extraordinary life. Today's episode is very inspirational, but it also has practical advice. So if you're a point in your life where you would like to pivot, you would like to change direction somehow, maybe you you aren't completely satisfied with your life or you're not sure where you want to go to next, this is the perfect episode for you. And before I tell you more about who's joining us today, let's take a second to check out today's sponsor. This episode is brought to you by audible.com. Go to audibletrial.com slash 360entrepreneur to get a free audiobook download and a free 30-day trial to Audible's catalog of well over 180,000 audiobooks. Again, that's at audibletrial.com slash 360entrepreneur. Okay, so today we are joined by best-selling author, podcaster, writer, blogger Jeff Goins and Jeff joins us to talk about his latest book The Art of Work, a proven path to discovering what you were meant to do. He also shares his expertise on author, on self-publishing. He tells us more about his passion for guacamole actually and he also has a delicious recipe that shares with all of us and he also takes us a little bit behind the scenes of his book. So he's going to talk about some of the things he and his team have done to get the art of work on the best-selling list of different websites, magazines, newspapers. So you're going to hear more on that as well. You find the show notes with the links to everything Jeff and I talk about in this episode at 360entrepreneur.net slash episode 31. Let's hear it. Here is Find Your Calling Live an Extraordinary Life with Jeff Goins. Hey everybody, I hope you're doing fine and I'm super excited. I'm actually thrilled about who's joining us today and this episode is going to be very inspiring and there are also plenty of actionable tips for all of you guys who are listening. Today we are joined by writer, speaker, entrepreneur, guacamole connoisseur, and I'm going to ask him more about that, and best-selling author Jeff Goins. His new book, The Art of Work, A Proven Path to Discovering What You Were Meant to Do, has just been released a few weeks ago, is a bestseller. I've been enjoying it so much, and we're going to hear more about it in a second. It's with great pleasure that I welcome Jeff on the podcast. Hey, Jeff, how's it going? Hey, Jan, thanks for having me. It's my pleasure. It's my pleasure. 
Jeff, I have to warn you, I'm super pumped about the fact that you're here with us today. <laughs> I'm pumped too. Thanks, thanks for having me. It's exciting. Great. It's my pleasure. And Jeff, before we start to talk about all the amazing things you do, including the art of work, I have to ask you to tell us more about your guacamole expertise. Yeah, well, that's uh, that's no joke. I, I take my avocados very seriously, and you know, guacamole. Somebody said once that it's you know one of the healthiest foods that you can eat, and mm -hmm. uh, I think that's true. But it's also one of the most delicious. But um, we started you know eating at a lot of Mexican restaurants and getting tableside guacamole, and it was expensive. And I just started watching the things that people were putting into it, you know, the different ingredients, and thought, well, I could probably do that. And so started experimenting with it every week at home and uh, even now I probably make guacamole you know once or twice a week um, and uh, yeah it's kind of a staple in our house okay now then since you you tell us that you know guacamole you you enjoying cooking eating and it's a really healthy food I have to ask you for some cooking advice do you have <laughs> a quick recipe that you can share with the listener or maybe one of your favorite ones you for guacamole yes uh-huh. Yeah, uh, just take two avocados and one uh, Roma tomato <laughs> and, uh, you know, mash the, mash the avocado and, and dice the tomato. Add um, uh, probably a quarter clove of garlic, just a you know, little bit of garlic mm -hmm. that, you know, is, is finely diced. Some red onion also diced. Uh, <laughs> some lime juice, a little bit of cumin, and then salt and pepper to taste. And if the avocados aren't super soft, you can add a little bit of olive oil to make it a little bit uh, smoother and, um, you know, chill it for uh, just, you know, maybe 30 minutes and then, you know, uh, bring it out and eat it with some chips or vegetables or whatever you like and you'll have a great little, little snack. That sounds delicious. I know what I'm going to have for dinner tomorrow <laughs> evening. And guys, if you're actually going to try the recipe, make sure to take a picture of, of when, when it's ready and to to show it to Jeff. He's on Twitter at Jeff Goins. I'm sure he's going to appreciate it. And obviously, Jeff, you are known for much more than your guacamole passion and expertise. You are a best-selling author. And I know that you're also very passionate about helping and providing value for self-publishing authors. So I wanted to ask you if you can tell us more about how you became the author you are today. Sure. Um, I, uh, I got started with a blog, the way a lot of writers get started these days. And mm -hmm. um, all I really wanted was to uh, share my words with the world and know that people were listening and caring about what I had to say, which I think is what a lot of writers and aspiring authors want. And my first book, um, I actually ended up self-publishing um, because I needed to publish it quickly. Uh, I wanted to get it out there and I also needed to make some money. Uh, my wife and I were expecting mm -hmm. our first uh, son and uh, we wanted to be able to um, have her quit her job so she could stay home and spend some time with him. And we couldn't afford to do that. And so we launched this self-published book called You Are a Writer, So Start Acting Like One. I wrote it and published it uh, just within all within a few months and bootstrapped the whole thing myself um, and uh, you know promoted it on my blog and ended up making enough money so that my wife could quit her job. And then that turned into an online course and generated enough income that I could quit my job and start this business and basically become a full-time author. 
And it happened kind of quickly, but what everything that happened before then really made that possible. So me starting a blog, mm-hmm. uh, you know, five years ago, building the audience, guest posting, uh, showing up every day, writing on my blog, trying to not just share my words with the world, but try to you know share value with other writers and creatives and people who you know were kind of experiencing the same struggles that I had, and doing that day in and day out. I started to grow an email list and you know grew this tribe of dedicated readers who cared what I had to say so that when it was time to launch a book people were ready to buy it and you know that's kind of the story of how it all began. Yeah and you you mentioned your blog goinsrider.com and you actually uh, provide value with your newsletter. So guys if you want to get to know Jeff uh, to if you want to get more about how, what Jeff has to offer if you want to get some advice practical advice definitely go to goinsrider.com and subscribe to this new to the newsletter or simply go to the show notes page of this episode where you find the links to everything jeff and i discuss and you mentioned also you are a writer so start acting like one is actually the first book of yours that that i've read and i since then i've been really a big Jeff Goins fan, and you talked about the importance of really building your platform and building your audience before publishing. So that's that's what you have done. And do you have any recommendations for those people who are listening to you and I? And maybe they are in the process of writing their first book, or they are there, or maybe they aren't there yet, but they are planning their first book. Yeah, I mean, my biggest recommendation w- is to not write the book first, but find the audience first. If you find mm-hmm. a group of people that you can help, then you can write the book that people want to read as opposed to just writing the book that you want to read and hoping people will want to read it. Um, mm-hmm. Now, I'm a fan of not just, you know, of really pursuing your passion, focusing on on the things that make you come alive and excite you. Uh, so I don't think that you need to be chasing the whims of an audience. You want to be true to yourself, but you want to do that in an informed way. And I think uh, one of the best ways, uh, one of the safest ways for you to uh, make a living as a uh, as an artist, as a writer, as a creative professional is to at least kind of understand the market that you want to reach. And I think uh, the best thing that I ever did was start a blog and start writing on it every day because that allowed me to do two things. One, it allowed me to practice every day. And then two, it allowed me to practice in public. It allowed me to share my work uh, in a way that allowed me to get instant feedback from an audience so that I could tweak and iterate as I was writing as opposed to sitting down and writing a whole book and then seeing if people would actually like it. Getting feedback from an audience as I'm writing is a really valuable tool that I use even now as I'm working on a book because just because you have a great idea for a story or um, you know, for a nonfiction book that you want to write, you still, I mean, there's lots of different directions in which you can go mm-hmm. and feedback can really be a gift in that process. And I think with the uh, amazing tools of the internet and social media that allow us to connect directly with our readers. Um, I think more writers should be taking advantage of those tools. Love it. So guys, really focus on building your online presence and really try to provide value to people and, and look for people who you could really help with your blog, with a podcast, if you have a podcast, and at some point with your book. And speaking of books, let's talk a little bit about the art of work. Your new book, your best-selling book, I should say. And the first thing I want I want you to tell all the listeners who are with us today, 
if you can tell them something about the book in case they don't know about the art of work yet. Sure. Well, you know, this is a book that I wrote uh, really describing my journey of leaving a day job and becoming a full-time writer and online entrepreneur and really chasing my dream and all the lessons that I learned along the way, uh, one of which is that the the thing that you think you're aiming at, your goal when you're chasing a dream uh, is actually not what ends up happening. You know, the process mm -hmm. tends to surprise you. And the book tells all these stories, not just my story, but all these stories of people who found their calling, discovered their life's purpose, and something in that process uh, surprised them. I think this is a book that um, will help anybody who feels stuck in life, who feels like there's something more to their life. You know, they, they know that they were meant to do something and they haven't quite found it yet. Maybe they've tapped into it. Maybe they, they have an idea of what it is, or maybe they have no idea. Um, but you know there's something more out there that uh, you want to tap into. You know you're meant to do something meaningful. Uh, this book describes the path that it takes uh, to get there and talks about why a lot of the ways in which we talk about success and chasing your dreams, they're just plain wrong. Mm -hmm. And in The Art of Work, I describe an alternative path to getting where you want to go in life um, that uh, will probably surprise you. And and in the book, you also talk about the importance of really finding your calling. And I wanted to ask you if you can tell us, you know, first of all, what is your definition of a calling? And second of all, if you can give some tips for the listeners in terms of how to find their calling. Sure. Yeah, I just describe it as the reason that you were born. Um, you know, uh, whether you think that that comes, you know, internally or it comes from, you know, uh, the outside, you know, world or mm -hmm. from God or, uh, some sort of spiritual sense, um, you know, how you define that is, is kind of up to you. You know, I, I have, you know, my own beliefs, uh, you know, about that, but, um, I think that we all want to believe that there's meaning to our lives, that mm -hmm. it's, that life is not meaningless. That's certainly what I maintain. Uh, so your a calling is that thing, that, that, that meaning that you find in your life, the reason that you were born. And I believe everybody has a calling and, uh, it's up to you to find it. You can, uh, miss it. And um, the way that you find it, I mean, that, I spend the whole book kind of describing that process. But the, the place that you begin, because I hear so many people say, well, I don't know. How do you know? Like, what, what do you do if you don't know? Well, most people that I talk to don't, didn't just know what their calling was. They took steps and they learned things along the way. And I think a great place to begin is to begin with this practice called listening to your life. Mm -hmm. Author and activist Parker Palmer says that before I can tell my life what I want to do with it, I need to listen to my life telling me who I am. And I think a great place to begin when you're trying to figure out what, what is the purpose for my life is to listen to your life, pay attention to the painful moments in your life and the joyful moments and the you know moments when you felt like you were fully alive and the moments where you were you know completely frustrated. You're going to start to identify some themes of some things that you're good at, some things that you love doing, and some things that you absolutely hate doing. <laughs> and these 
can um, you know sort of be predictors of of what's to come. I don't think that the past determines the future; it doesn't dictate it, but mm-hmm. it should inform it. It it gives you an idea of some of the things that you tend to gravitate to, some of the things that you're good at and maybe not good at, and it'll give you a much clearer picture of what you're supposed to do as opposed to you just dreaming something you know out of nowhere. I think that the best thing that we can do is listen to our lives and figure out what it's supposed to tell us about who we are, so that we know what we can start doing, and then. You know, you just, I think you have to take action. Even when you don't completely know, you have to trust that clarity is not something that comes before you act. It actually comes with the action. You have to take steps and learn things along the way. I love it. And guys, as you're, you're hearing from Jeff's word, uh, words, the, the art of work is it's really a book that can really help you you know, find your calling and live an extraordinary life. And and you gave out some some advice you told us what to think about, what to pay attention when we when we are kind of trying to find our calling. And I wanted to ask you, Jeff, what do you think is holding people back? I mean, obviously, I'm sure that in your in your years as a as a blogger, as an author, and as a speaker, you've come across many many people who somehow feel kind of lost or they they are not sure what their purpose in life is and so i was wondering if if you have some something to tell us about that and maybe what are the common mistakes also people make when they are trying to pursue their calling i think one of the biggest things actually just did a an informal uh poll about this uh from a bunch of people who have read or are reading the book and i said what's the thing that's holding you back and probably 80 to 90% of them said fear, fear of this, fear of that. So I think fear, I mean, I talk about fear a lot in the book and I talk about the difference between good fear and bad fear. I don't think all fear is bad. Uh, Bad fear is fear of failure, fear of I'm going to die, you know, these irrational (laughs) fears, um, some of which could actually come true. So I don't want to, you know, undermine the the power of of fear, but I think we, we give fear too much power, you know. I, I'm afraid of failing. Well, what actually happens if you fail? Uh, usually, most failure is not devastating. You can recover from it. You can learn. One of the surprising things that I learned in uh, telling all these people's stories that show up in the book, I did all of these interviews and uh, encountered hundreds of people's stories who had found their calling. The common denominator was they had all failed. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and failure wasn't the thing that prevented them from success. It's what helped them get there. It helped them, you know, it's kind of the course correction along the way. Those who learned from their failure ultimately succeeded. And those who gave up after they failed uh, did not. The good kind of fear is the fear of what happens if I don't do this? Mm-hmm. The fear of not actually trying. That's the, the, the good fear should push out the bad fear. Uh, my friend Jody Nolan, whose story I tell in the book, said that she finally found her calling at 58 years old uh, when, when she, uh, she didn't stop being afraid of failing. She was afraid of failing, but she finally realized, I am more afraid of not trying than I am of failing. And that's a good kind of fear, the fear that says, well, what happens if I don't even try? That's the thing that should really scare you, not trying and failing. And I think most people go wrong when they when they try and they fail and they give up. And they think that's mm-hmm. a sign that they're not supposed to be doing that. Instead of uh, trying to figure out what are the lessons that I can learn from this failure. Uh, the other thing that I think they don't do is they don't pivot. They don't yeah. cha- change direction or course as, as they go. Um, like I said, uh, the journey of finding your purpose in life is going to be a process that in some way surprises you. Where you end up is not where 
uh, you likely intended to end up. And the way that you get there is by setting sort of a, a course and heading in a direction and then you run into a failure, an obstacle, and you pivot. You know, you keep kind of changing courses and uh, you stay nimble. And as you, you know, make all of those course corrections along the way, you get to the, you know, end of the journey and you look back and you realize, wow, there was a purpose to all of that. Now, you know, I, I understand it. And I, I think most people uh, hesitate, they wait, they're either afraid of failing or they're just afraid of not knowing and they wait to get more information before they try. Uh, everybody whose story I tell from Walt Disney to, you know, I mentioned Jody Noland earlier, you know, famous people and not so famous people, um, they all tried and they failed and they didn't know what to do, but they, but they acted in spite of not knowing. And as they acted and tried things and failed and learned, uh, more and more cl clarity came as they took the next step. And I think that's what we all have to do. Jeff, you're sharing so much food for thought, so much inspiration with all of us. I'm loving this conversation. And before we continue, let's take a quick break to check out today's sponsor. As listener of the 360 Entrepreneur Podcast, Audible.com is giving you free access to its catalog of 180,000 audiobooks and a free audiobook download. Simply go to audibletrial.com slash 360entrepreneur to get a free 30-day trial to audible.com and a free audiobook. And among the selections, there is actually Jeff's book, The Art of Work. So if you've been enjoying this conversation, you want to learn more on The Art of Work, you can listen to it from your smartphone, Kindle, or MP3 player. Simply go to audibletrial.com slash 360entrepreneur. Jeff, you are providing us not only with value, but really with plenty of inspiration, deep words. And I really liked in the book when you talked about what you just told us about the, the different types of fears, because I think that most of us, when we think about fear, we only see it as a negative thing. And I also know that there is the, a chapter where you really focus on, on failure and why we should think of failure as a good thing. And it's something Pat Flynn also told us on in episode 14, when he talked about he how he relates with failure and why every entrepreneur should think about failure as a, as a good thing and not necessarily as a, as as the end of the world and guys jeff and i have been talking about the art of of work if you want to get your copy you can get it at artofworkbook.com again you find the links with the to everything jeff and i have been talking about in the show notes and and in the book, Jeff, you also talk about, and that's probably one of my favorite parts of the book, you talk about kind of mastering and you talk about how to master things and you talk about also habits. And I wanted to ask you if you have some tips for all of us on how we can master pretty much anything and really live an extraordinary life. Yeah, so one of the things that was surprising to me about this process of writing the book is I always thought a calling was one thing, yeah. and then you found it and you did it for the rest of your life. Uh, it turns out it's that's not true. A calling is a few things. In other words, you don't want to be a jack of all trades, mm -hmm. but you want to be a master of some. You, uh, you want to master a few skills and combine them in what I call a portfolio uh, that really becomes your 
your your body of work and and you know it's all of the stuff that you do integrated with your work and your life and your relationships that becomes your purpose and if you master that well um, you're going to leave a legacy you're going to leave an impact on the world mm-hmm. uh, and if you don't if you're busy about doing too many things it's going to dilute your efforts and you focus on if you focus on just one thing uh, you're going to be irrelevant and Robert Greene in his book Mastery says it like this he says that the future belongs to people who take a few skills and learn them and combine them in interesting ways and I think that we're seeing this over and over again in our culture. It's not just enough to be a writer, but you have to understand, you know, blogging or technology mm-hmm. or online publishing. It's not just, uh, you know, uh, enough to, um, you know, be an athlete. You also have to understand, you know, how, how uh, you know, how can I um, uh, make a living after this 10-year career of working in professional sports through, you know, endorsements or, or whatever. I mean, the people who succeed in this world are actually taking a few skills and combining them. And so I think uh, the good news about that is you, if you have something that you do and there's other things that you kind of do that are on the periphery and you go, oh, those are just hobbies or those are other things, uh, that could be true. Or it could be that these need to be integrated with the work that you do to make your portfolio that much more interesting. And all of a sudden, you become uh, you know, a much more you know unique person mm-hmm. in that you're not just doing one thing competing with everybody else that's doing that one thing. You're taking a few things that you do and love, you know, your different passions and interests combining them and you just kind of i mean it's just a much more unique value proposition to the market if you you know are an author uh you know taking all of these different skills you can you can write books that are unique to you that are interesting that help you stand out in a very crowded busy you know marketplace that's especially true for Authors, where more and more self-published authors, more and more indie indie publishing is coming out, it's harder and harder to compete just writing, you know, the same kinds of books that everybody else is is writing. So this idea of a portfolio life becomes really good news for those of us who are creative, who have a lot of different interests. It will help you stand out and it'll help you master those skills in a way that um, will really, you know, uh, be, I think, more personally gratifying and satisfying and will um, connect more with the people that you want to connect with. Man, Jeff, I'm having a great time talking to you. And guys, if you are enjoying this conversation, make sure to let Jeff know on Twitter. Again, is at Jeff Goins. Give him a shout out. Let him know that you're listening to him and I. And Jeff, while you were talking, you talked about portfolio. And when talking about portfolio, I have to mention the Portfolio Life, your podcast. You talk about not only about this aspect that you just told us about the importance of becoming a master of some things and not a jack of all trade. But you talk also about many other things. And I wanted to tell you, uh, and I wanted to ask you to tell the listeners more about your podcast in case they haven't listened to it yet. Sure. Well, thanks for that, Jan. Um, I, I started the portfolio life while I was writing this book. I mean, that's a term that I borrow from a guy named Charles Handy, who uh, wrote a book in 1989 called The Age of Unreason. And in that book, he he coins this term, portfolio career, portfolio life. 
And, um, you know, really talking about this idea that you're not just going to do one thing in your career, you're going to do several things. And your career is not just this one job that you did or this one gig that you did, but it's it's your body of work. It's all this different stuff that you do. So on the show, we talk about that. What does it mean to be an artist and an author and an entrepreneur and a marketer um, in the world today? Why do we have to master a bunch of different skills in order for our work to stand out in the world, for us to make a living uh, creatively primarily. I mean, so it's it's geared at people who are creative types and those who are entrepreneurial, who are trying to figure that out. How do I make a living um, as an artist while still being true to my craft, but also, you know, keeping up with technology and, and the, you know, where the world is at right now. And uh, it's, it's a lot of fun. You know, it's a lot of fun to talk about those things. And it's an opportunity for me to kind of share how I'm wrestling through a lot of those things, you know, myself as, as a working artist, as an author who also runs a business and has an online presence and you know it's a lot of different hats to wear and it's good news for me to know that I don't uh, that I can combine those in a way that's integrated and doesn't feel like those things are competitive uh, activities but they're complementary. And you know Jeff by listening to you on the podcast I can tell that you really enjoy podcasting and guys if you are looking for inspiration for really great advice. I think that great is almost an understatement. Really look for the portfolio live and subscribe. Whether you're using iTunes or Stitcher, you're going to love it. And Jeff, for, to wrap up this episode, I wanted to ask you a couple of questions about the book marketing behind the art of work, because I've been following you for some time. And when I got your emails informing all of us of the release of the book, I really started to look at the artofworkbook.com, you know, what things, what, what was happening. And I've been really intrigued by the way you have launched your book. So can you tell the listeners more about, first of all, what they can find at artofworkbook.com? Because I mentioned that's the number one place to go to purchase the book. And there are a few reasons why they should go there. Sure. Yeah. I mean, we did a bunch of different things. I'm actually working on a blog post about this because it was so much <laughs> stuff. Um, but uh, we did the book launch in phases, and I think that's important. You have to understand that um, at different phases of a book's life, different people are going to be interested in buying it. At the pre-launch phase, all of your current fans and friends and people who know you or you know trust you or, or you know people that are going to promote the work on your behalf who you know trust those people but it's it's a it's a small sphere of influence you know during that period during the pre-launch period you want to uh, reward those people as much as possible you want to give mm -hmm. them the best deal you want to encourage your readers your fans to um, be early adopters of your work to you know buy something before it comes out you want to reward you know those those early adopters so what we did for a limited time is um, we gave the book away uh, to you know a, a limited number of people um, all they had to do was pay shipping that was um, limited to you the US and Canada for just because the cost of shipping uh, but then if you were international uh, or if you you bought you know the book after it released, um, you could buy the book, submit your receipt, and you can still do this today at artofworkbook.com. Uh, you can submit your receipt and your email, and you'll get all of these bonuses, including uh, this four-part video online course that I created uh, that talks about the different mindset shifts that you have to go through in order to find your calling. Uh, you get the PDF of the book, so you can actually start reading it even before the physical copy mm -hmm. uh, arrives. 
and and you get access to this uh, amazing community of people that I'm a part of. I answer a lot of questions there. You get you know exclusive access to me, uh, and I think that was that was really cool. That was an important part of what we did, and I and I even see people buying the book now. Uh, during kind of the post-launch phase uh, because of those bonuses. There's $250 worth of digital bonuses, including that community, that online course, all that stuff I talked about. Um, and so I, I think, you know, what we did was we kind of phased, we had different phases. Phase phase one was the pre-launch. It was all about being generous to the tribe. Mm-hmm. Phase two was about launching well and getting people to talk about it, people who had already bought the book to talk about it. Um, you know, when we launched, we hit a, several bestsellers lists, uh, and and then phase three, which is kind of the phase that we're in now, is all about kind of continuing the conversation. So I'm doing a lot of interviews with people, saying yes to you know a lot of a lot of opportunities that I might not say yes to you know if if it weren't you know in the middle of a a, a book launch uh, period. But I'm just really eager to get the word out because I know that um, once a book is old news, it's hard to you know generate interest in it, and so it's still. It's still a novelty. It's still still something new, and I want to kind of continue uh, the momentum. But I, I think you know to simplify it because, like I said, there's a lot of things that we did treating a book launch in phases as opposed to thinking of it as a single event is a much more effective strategy than thinking, oh, I got to get everybody to buy this. You know, the first week it comes <laughs> out, and then and then move on. It really is. I mean, when you look at what we did, and I I mean we because I had teams of people helping me a lot of them were volunteers just fans who wanted to get the word out um you know it was something it was a process that took you know six months and and we're and we're still going and i think having that kind of commitment to a book launch is not something that i had done before but now having done it i see the difference between not doing it and doing it you know it's 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 worth all of the effort that you put into it Thank you for taking us behind the scenes of the the launch of the Art of Work. And I, I was actually one of those eager international readers that I immediately <laughs> purchased the, the digital version and I got all the bonuses. So, Jeff, thank you for making that available to all of us also on this side of the pond. And guys, I can really vouch for it. You find, as Jeff said, there is a four-part video course. There is a workbook, the private community, which is thriving it's amazing and you also get exclusive access to jeff jeff i want to thank you so much for taking time for joining us and telling us more about all the great things you do and taking us behind the scenes of the art of work thank you jan it was totally my pleasure all righty everybody we are back jeff Thank you so much once again for being here with us and telling us more about the art of work, both on the content side, so to discuss the book, and also for taking us behind the scenes of the the book launch, so telling us more on how you got the book to become a bestseller. And thank you also for your guacamole recipe. And guys, again, I said it, if you actually want to try the recipe out, you want to share pictures with Jeff and I, you find us on both Twitter and Instagram, you find Jeff at Jeff Coins and you find me at Yannick underscore Ilunga. So if you want to try the recipe out, you take a few pictures, feel free to share the images with us on both Twitter and Instagram. And don't forget to tag us. The podcast is officially off iTunes, new and not worthy. I know I'm sad too now. I'm back with the big fishes on iTunes. If you've been enjoying the podcast actually and you don't want to miss on any of the new episodes or maybe you want to go back to the previous episodes 
You'll find the podcast on iTunes at 360entrepreneur.net slash iTunes, where you can subscribe there if you have an iPhone or if you're using an Android phone. You can simply go to 360entrepreneur.net slash Stitcher. So you have two options. Make sure to subscribe so that you don't miss any episode and you'll get access to now 31 episodes of the 360 Entrepreneur Podcast. Jan here. Thank you so much again for joining Jeff and I in this great episode and I'll be back with you in the next episode talking about video marketing. See ya! Thank you for listening to the 360 Entrepreneur Podcast. For more tips and tools, head over to www.360entrepreneur.net.